It's Friday night. It's 7 o'clock. It's time for the sports phone. All right, Friday night, 7.06 now, but it is time for the sports phone here on KZYX. Uh, Jerry in Portland, Jim, back from surgery, still in recovery, but back from surgery, back in the studio after a one-week break. Jim, welcome back. Glad to be here, Jerry. It was quite a roller coaster of a uh, of a week for me, and um, it's good to be back. I, I even I even got driven to the station tonight. Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, one of the oh, necessary. I'll call it a perk. One of the perks of being in recovery is you get to be chauffeured around that's, a little bit. I think that's a. I'll go ahead and say it. We're late. Let's move um, on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, welcome everybody to the Sports Phone. Uh, again, uh, this is Jer- Jerry and Jim taking uh, taking over the airwaves for the hour to talk about sports, and that's because we love them. Uh, Jim and I have both played, coached, and uh, participated in sports in different ways throughout our entire lives, uh, and we want to spend this hour with you, the listeners, talking about sports. Um, we want to v- open up the lines. This is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, Jim and I are here to talk about sports, blend our opinions. If you, the callers, have anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports, so we're looking forward to taking your calls as we get rolling here on the show. But uh, as I said, might have been two weeks ago at this point, maybe three weeks ago. Uh, Jim and I are trying to get back into the rhythm of bringing on some guests to, uh, you know, kind of start the beginning of the show, have some more targeted conversations. Um, we're hoping as the sports seasons of uh, high school sports get up and running again, uh, we're going to start bringing on some more coaches. But as I mentioned, we're trying to get back in the rhythm of having some more regular guests on the show. So we have one today. It will be a familiar voice for some. And with that, Jim, I will hand it back to you. Thanks, Jer. So, yeah, for frequent listeners... Um, we have, um, throw some teasers, put some teasers out there that we're going to have a new segment of the show called Ask the Sports Phone Doctor. We have called Dr. Patty Chico, the Sports Phone Doctor, for about, geez, time flies. I'm going to say six, three to six months now. And we decided to put together a, a little segment called Ask the Sports Phone Doctor, whereas, we ask listeners to text and call us ideas that we, sports-related ideas that you might want to ask a, 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 you might want to ask a doctor. So we got one. We decided, you know, high school sports hasn't started yet. We don't have any scheduled um, interviews yet. So we decided to start this. We're, we're, we're suggesting maybe we do ask the sports phone doctor twice a year or three times a year as we get questions um, that Patty Chico could 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 relate to and and, uh, sports related. So uh, real quick, uh, Dr. Patty Chico is a board certified family physician. She works in Sonoma County. I like this part. She works watching, she she grew up watching sports in a sports family in Chicago. As a youngster, she saw the Bears win titles, the Bulls win titles. She said the other baseball team in Chicago, also won titles. She saw the Black Hawks win titles. Uh, she grew up playing basketball, soccer. You know, I, I think once she told me she was the uh, only girl with, with three brothers. So, uh, ended up being really feisty on the basketball court. Medical school, University of Illinois, Chicago undergrad in at Boston University. Hello, Patty, you there? I'm here, man. You, you didn't mention the White Sox. <laughs> Does it say the White, the White Sox? Oh, it's just a continued problem everywhere. <laughs> but thanks, Tim. Nice to be here. Um, I'm, I'm going to move right, right into it. Um, the, the question we got, and, and, and again, we are going to take calls as usual in about five minutes. And we're, we're, we're suggesting once we bring up this topic that if you have any questions for Dr. Chico, give a call to the sports phone doctor and we'll, we'll add you into this conversation. But we want to set that topic first. We're going back to one of the most... Sorry, Jim, I want to jump in one second yeah. to clarify one thing here. Yep. Um, and I just think it's important because it's something I, I like to, to, to bring up sometimes when we have certain uh, guests on the show. When we say <laughs> questions um, for Patty, please keep them sports medical related, right? We're not, oh, we're not trying to go into a medical 
show, so to speak. I just wanted to get that one clarification out there, just with, to, to make sure we were clear on the way you presented that that opportunity. Yeah, to I, I even suggest questions on on the topic that we're talking about, but let's let's see where it goes, as we always do on the sports phone. Um, we got an email. Um, well, it, it started th- three years ago. We brought up concussions on this. Um, I, we, we've approached it medically. We've approached it as a from parent standpoint, from player standpoints, athletic directors, coaches. Um, it's changed a lot since I'm 67 and Jerry's 30. Patty's somewhere in the middle. It's changed a lot since in in our lifetimes, and it's started just as I got hit in the head. My head hurts. Well, when your head stopped hurting, you'd go back in the game. That, that's what it was to me. That, 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 that's simple. We've learned a lot about concussions since then. And it turns out that they're more dangerous than we ever thought. That you get a concussion that gives you, say, two points of danger in your brain. If you get another one, you don't start at zero again. You, you start adding to that one. That was my understanding from the most simplified, that they're cumulative. So it got v- very dangerous. So all of a sudden, football was the big, bad sport. Head injuries, ward helmets, we need better helmets. Everyone's getting slowly dying, playing football, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden, we get this email from this this caller last week that said, an English study is showing that concussions are as dangerous in soccer as they are, uh, football, football, uh, as soccer, as they are in uh, in football. And I'm like, what are we going to do now? So, Jer, that's that's I, I want Patty to pick it up from there. Um, what is a concussion? If if it can do a little uh, more listener um, explanation of that, and what's going to happen with with soccer? We're supposed to be this safe, and all the soccer moms are saying, "Go play soccer; it's safe. Get away from football." Go ahead, Patty. Okay. Um, so, a couple of the of my sources for today are, uh, which are easily accessible online. I don't have any special access to anything. Um, the American Academy of Neurology, uh, the CDC, Annals of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Family Physicians Concussion Lecture by Deepak Patel. You can't get access to that last one unless you remember, but still. Um, Okay, so in terms of how we define a concussion, a concussion is a form of mild traumatic brain injury. So I think I'm going to pause there for just a moment. I think if we start moving towards calling concussions mild traumatic brain injuries, I think that because I feel like that really that really gets to what's going on, and I feel like it helps people to understand how serious these things are. Um, anyhow, um, mild traumatic brain injury resulting from direct or indirect impact to the head or body. So that's the CDC says that, the American Academy of Neurology says that. Um, so I think taking a moment to understand that this definition is obviously not limited to sport. Um, and it applies to anyone experiencing, you know, any of these things, regardless of the activity. And so basically all you need is a body in motion. And so think, having a false sense of security that certain sports, I mean, I guess with the exception of like chess, <laughs> but any sport that where your body is in motion or any activity, I mean, walking where your body is in motion, um, you, you can sustain a concussion. Um, but today we're going to focus on sports. So um, I'm going to get to, I, I, I do want to get to the incidents and all the epidemiology, but I'll go to pathophysiology first because I think it's important to understand what's actually going on in the brain. Who cares? Who cares if the brain moves? Um, so what happens is, and I, Jim, you explained this really well the other day when we spoke. Um, so the blow to the head or body results in significant movement of the brain with sheer strain. So it's kind of like, you know, like skid marks, <laughs> like on the brain. And, the, you know, this movement, of the, you know, the brain is essentially kind of like jello, like in, in our heads. Um, it wasn't designed to move. And that's the whole reason why, like, the skull is there to protect this really delicate organ. Um, and so this, this strain disrupts 
um, the function uh, of the of of the cells and of everything within the parenchyma of the brain, um, and it, it affects the metabolism of of those cells. Um, so, meta- like neurometabolism, which means how the brain utilizes fuel to function, um, and it also impacts neurotransmission. So, how cells in the brain, how neurons communicate with one another and with the rest of the body. So that's just the microscopic damage from the shearing forces. Um, and because it's microscopic, we're not really going to see that on brain imaging, which is why a normal head scan is not enough to clear someone for, from a concussion. I mean, it's nice. It's great. We don't want to see bleeding in the brain, but that's it's just simply insufficient um, to be fully reassuring. Um, and then, of course, um, if there is a bleed in the brain, obviously that's going to cause a lot more damage and impair a lot more functioning, and on that will be seen um, on on imaging. Um, in terms of um, so, how does all of that translate to symptoms of a concussion? Um, I'm going to keep it really broad here. I have like many symptoms listed if you want to go through those, but essentially, um, just thinking about symptoms in terms of physical, cognitive, emotional, and sleep. So those are like the main realms. Anything that can that you can feel physically or any of these realms that those can be symptoms. Um, you know, I do want to highlight the fact that loss of consciousness and impact seizures are, are of course included in in the symptomatology, but these are really rare. So less than ten to twenty percent um, of these symptoms are seen, um, and so therefore their absence is not sufficient for immediate return to play. So it's not like oh well, you know he's. He didn't, he didn't black out. He's fine. He can go back in. Um, so that's that part. And then I'll go to kind of getting circle back to your question. Um, and then in terms of, you know, what we're seeing in terms of incidents and kind of trends. So um, I was able to find a study um, from that was done in 2019 and published in the journal Pediatrics entitled Concussion Incidents and Trends in 20 High School Sports. Um, and so this looked at the five academic years between 2013 and 2014 to 2017 to 2018. Um, and the data is from the National High School Sports Surveillance Study. Um, in order to be included, a school had to have at least one athletic trainer that had a valid email address. And then the trainers reported injury incidents. Um, any So this is any injury. This wasn't limited to concussions. And then athlete exposure information. So that was all of this was reported weekly through the academic year. So it's a lot of data. Um, so this study in the journal Pediatrics specifically looked at um, uh, concussions defined as occurring during practice or competition, one that required medical attention by the athletic trainer or a physician, and, and ones that actually received the diagnosis of a concussion. So in terms of the results, um, you know, they found they, they um, uncovered 9,542 concussions during that five academic year period. Um, the overwhelming majority, 63%, occurred during competition, but 36% occurred during practice. So I think that's a really important thing to, to remember. Um, in terms of which sports had the highest concussion rates, this is right back into what you had asked, Jim. Um, we're looking at football. Um, football at, was the highest at 10.4 to 10,000 athletic exposures. Um, girls soccer was next at 8.19 per 10,000. And then boys ice hockey rounded out the third. So this is during competition. <laughs> during practice, um, the uh, football was still the highest at 5.01 uh, per 10,000. The second highest was cheerleading, um, which I thought was interesting. And then boys wrestling was next. In terms of sex comparable sports, so that's defined as rules that are the same in both sports, despite the only thing that's different is that, that there's segregation of the sports. But other than that, the rules are the exact same. Um, uh, so for those sports, the overall concussion rate was higher in girls than in boys. Um, so I will stop there and um, take your questions or thoughts. So, I, I mean, there's a lot lot to digest there. I, I think that one of the things going back to, to soccer, and, and, and Patty, I don't know how well this question can be answered. I remember in soccer, the little I played, 
there was this emphasis on there's a right way to use your head in soccer. So I guess translating that to back to Jim's question, is there a safer way to get hit in the head in sports than other ways? Like, does it, is, is there any logic to that idea when people are like, no, you want to use the front of your, like you want to use your forehead in soccer when you're heading the ball, not the top of your head or like that kind of idea. Is there any, any like logic to that from, from like a medical standpoint and that there's, there are safer ways to get hit in the head in sports or to use your head in sports? Yeah. Um, I think most of the research on this is being done on football, I think. And I, to answer Jim's question as to like, why is this how, like, why, like I thought it was safe and we thought it was safe and what happened? I mean, football gets a lot more funding than, than any other sport, honestly, in this country. And so I think the majority of the research that we're going to see and the majority of the attention is going to be on football. So in terms of football, um, we know that, um, like head-up tackling has been shown to reduce concussions by 33%. Um, reduction of head impact frequency or velocity is also has also been shown to be helpful um, in sports that require helmets or where helmets are allowed, proper fitting helmets, um, and including using um, helmets for like stuff like snowboarding and skiing. Um, and then obviously a really big area for improvement would be during practices. I mean, we could reduce um, concussions by, by over 30%. And so really kind of changing the way that that um that we're practicing um i think would also be a a means of prevention i didn't see anything in terms of um in terms of soccer uh in terms of what can be done there but i'm sure somebody's studying it hold on we had we had a question you have a question for the sports phone doctor i do have a question patty thank you that was really informative i learned a lot um one one of my questions is, when I started watching soccer when my son was just a little guy playing little guy soccer, I and then I watched more and more, I have never understood why there hasn't been more talk about about what happens to people's heads and necks in soccer. And I and what I'm wondering is do you have any idea why it's taken so long for this to even come up that, you know, that that soccer is dangerous? I mean, not only concussions, but whiplash injuries, you know, cervical whiplash injuries. So that's my question. I will take my answer on the air. Thank you. <laughs> um, thanks. Yeah, I think, like I said, I, I think that, I mean, even with something as well-funded as football is in this country, and I'm, I know soccer is really well-funded elsewhere, I mean, pretty much everywhere else in the world. Um, I, you know, I think, honestly, my, my cynical answer is that a lot of this comes down to money. And I think that, you know, I, 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 that was one of the reasons why the NFL was so resistant to, even, to study this at all. It was in denial about it. For a really long time. It was like, well, if we don't acknowledge that it's a problem, then it's not something we have to deal with, both in terms of changing the rules of the game. I mean, you saw how much um, backlash the football, um, the rules and the rules that changed in football encountered. Um, and then, so yeah, I think, I think that's part of it. I think there's a liability aspect to this as well um, in terms of, I mean, again, I think that's why the NFL was also incredibly reluctant to admit this was a problem because they have all these you know, older retired athletes who are incredibly ill and how does, who pays, who, who helps them, who pays them. So sadly, I think that, um, I think this is something that people just, the powers that be just really haven't wanted to know about. And sadly, I mean, in, in many areas of, of healthcare, um, you know, funding can very much be stifled for these things. I mean, these are really powerful. This is a lot of money where it's like FIFA, the NFL. I mean, this is, a lot of power and a lot of money. 707-895-2448. We're going to see if anyone has specific questions about concussions for the sports phone doctor. And then, Jer, move on to some uh, less depressing subject, maybe? less educational. <laughs> I'd go with less educational. Okay, seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. I I've gotten my questions answered. Um, I, I thought um, that 
especially when they came up with football. The football at first started sweeping this under the table till it got mainstream, and then it started. Um, new helmets started coming out. Money started being spent on it, and now all of a sudden we realize that it's dangerous for eight-year-olds to be playing under nine soccer. I mean, it's just like, is it ever going to stop? Is another question I have. Is it going to get? The more we learn. Is everything going to become more dangerous? That that's sort of where. where well, I mean, I think you'll appreciate this as as a chiropractor. I mean, I think it's a, a lot about how having more body awareness and how we utilize our bodies in space. I mean, I you know we definitely see this on the occupational medicine side of of things, and I think that in sports it's no different. And I think. The hope is that we will have a better understanding of what these things are doing to the body, to the brain, and be able to just adapt. I mean, I don't think anybody would argue that we shouldn't be playing sports. Um, and I think it's just about how do we, this is really, I think if we kind of go from the grim to the hopeful, I think just if this, getting this information will help us to make the sport safer. That, and I think that's, that's what we want. That, that is what I wanted to hear, by the way. Um, yeah, going from the grim to the hopeful. Sort of the, the way my my hip is feeling right now. So I'll, I'll take it in the bigger picture. I hope that's the way the world and the way it goes with concussions. Patty, we're going to tie it up. Uh, there's no calls right now. Um, I want to thank you for being the sports phone doctor. I want to pick this up again um, with a different topic. You've mentioned a few that I think would be very interesting, and uh, let's see what other people say. Jerry, you want to wrap up this segment? No, I, I don't. I don't have anything else, Patty. It's it's always very educational having you on, and I, I think I always have learned something. I think every every call uh, we've had, and uh, I've gone through the concussion world one time. Uh, it was wild going through the protocol and and dealing with everything that was involved in that. And uh, it's it's uh, it's not going away. This is a topic that's going to be around for a long time. So I appreciate you taking a little time and, and chatting with us about it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. All right, Jera. We have an evacuation. We've had a sports phone doctor. Where do you want to go from here? <laughs> well, uh, first thing we'll do, uh, 707-895-2448. That is the number to call, uh, 707-895-2448. If you've got anything going on in the world of sports that you want to talk about, you can give us a call and uh, talk about it. And, again, it can be anything going on in the world of sports, professional, college, rec league, whatever it is, wherever it is, give us a call if you want to talk about it. About halfway through the sports phone here, on KZYX. Uh, Jim, I think we, we should just kind of rapid fire through our regular, regularly scheduled programming um, <laughs> and start with On This Day in Sports, which is Friday, August 13th. Um, so did you have anything, uh, tip of the tongue, that 19, you uh, want to talk about that happened today? Friday, August 13th, 1906. Cy Young, who I have heard about my entire life, Nin Cy Young, 1908. This, 1908 yeah. I've, I've heard Cy Young, Cy Young, Cy Young. He got the Cy Young Award. He's as good as Cy Young. I never even knew what Cy Young did. I didn't even know he was a pitcher. Sort of assumed he, he was. In 1906, he pitched against the for the Red Sox against the All-Star team in some sort of tribute game. My quick question to you is, why is Cy Young a big name in pitching? Do you know? Oh, I mean, I'm a, I, the, the, I mean, the, the cop out obvious answer is he's a really good pitcher. That's why they named an award after him. But in terms of like career accomplishments or things like that, I, I don't have anything. I, I'll so he wasn't the first to throw a curveball or the. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I can't All answer right. that question. Well, All I can tell you is that, that the award for best pitcher at the end of the season is named after him. That's, so that's he clearly is a good pitcher. What do you have? Oh, is that for me? Yeah, what do you have? Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You, you cut out there a little bit for a second. Um, I actually have not too long after that, 1910. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a funny little one. Um, I, it's just an interesting coincidence. Uh, the Brooklyn Super Boz, and I have no idea who they are, and the Pittsburgh Pirates, so we're still talking about baseball, played a perfect game, or the game of perfect symmetry, in which the game ended in an 8-8 tie, both teams had 13 hits, two errors, 12 assists, five strikeouts, three walks, one hit batsman, and one passed ball. So the stats were identical uh, for both teams, um, which I think is interesting. You know, I, I, you're never going to see baseball in a tie anymore, so I don't know. I don't think it'd be possible to have a this type of perfect symmetry uh, in in a game anymore. So I thought that that was uh, 
a fun little nugget. Like you see Ooh, that is a, a weird... lot of times you see people Yeah, a lot of times you'll see people talking about all oh, the game, you know, they played basically even and that's why it was tied the whole game. But their numbers are different. Like you know, like if you look at shooting percentages in basketball or something like that. But this was a baseball game where the teams pretty much had identical games. That is a weird one. I I didn't even see that one when I was lo- <clears throat> I was looking. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Um, little numbers. If you want to talk about anything in sports, uh, you got a topic for us, Jer? You got some suggestions? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the menu. Uh, I did this with yeah, with Chad last week. We've done it a little bit. So uh, menu for today, and and the way kind of if there's new callers for this, I uh, kind of pick and choose some topics. Jim and I talk about them beforehand, but I don't know what Jim's going to want to talk about. So I'm going to give him the list. He's going to pick a topic, and we're going to get into it, uh, unless you want to give us a call at 707-895-2448 and get us rolling with something else. Uh, but, Jim, what I've got uh, on the menu today, you've got four things to choose from. Um, we can talk about college golf. Uh, we, can talk about, we can talk about NBA officiating. Um, we can talk about all-star game comp- or all-star weekend competitions. Uh, or we can talk about uh, NHL and new teams in the NHL. Those are our options for today. Let me spin the big wheel here. Tick, 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 tick. Oh, it stopped on college golf. We had a call, Jerry. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Hello, you're Hello, you're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. Good How are we evening. doing? Hey, Vince. Hey. So, Cy Young, um, just for reference, uh, basically was like the most dominant pitcher at the beginning of baseball, basically. You know, late 1800s, early 1900s. And he established major league records that basically stood for over a century, some of them. You know, so it was really? like basically all the records that were broken by pitchers in the modern era were all Cy Young's records. So that's why the award's named after him. That's why his name is so prominent in pitching uh, for baseball. So he was just kind of the, you know, the established um, criteria you base people on as far as Hall of Fame careers. The Bill Russell Award in basketball. Similar idea, right? B- basically, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, sure. so that's where that came to. And I, I'm going to go with uh, swimming Olympics to continue this for this day in sports. In 2008 <laughs> at the Beijing Olympics, Michael Phelps won three gold medals, all in world record time in, in that particular Olympics, which I thought on the list of things for this day in sports, which was pretty mediocre, uh, was probably the best, <laughs> one of the better ones to go with. I, we were just... Oh, mo- and- go ahead. Uh, I, I just wanted to say a nice uh, opening discussion uh, with the doctor there. Um, concussions are obviously a very a huge thing, and I can't imagine. Uh, I'm surprised boxing hasn't had a major uh, repercussion from concussions uh, like football has, or hockey is another one that I would imagine uh, is a sport that, that you know, hmm would have a lot of concussions as well. So it's, it's interesting to not hear those mm-hmm. sports talked about as much as football or even soccer. Especially, yes. So I thought that was a good, good conversation. Hmm. Well, that's good addition, uh, Vince. We're going to bring up some topics. You want to chi- chime back in if you if you feel it? I, oh, yeah. I'm curious to hear the topics and see what your uh, spinny wheel tells you to go with. <laughs> okay, let me spin the wheel again. Tick, tick, tick. Tick, tick, wait, wait, you already spun the wheel. You don't get to spin it again. Okay, college, new topic. college sports. That's for, not how this works. College sports for 300. Just, no, we're not talking about college sports. We're talking about college golf. College golf. Specifically right, here. Right, college okay. golf. Okay. Okay, so we're not actually talking about college golf. We're, we're talking about a story related to college golf. Um, This story was – I thought there were a lot of cool elements to this story, Jim, and I think that's why we decided to bring it up. Uh, One more time, though, 707-895-2448. That's the number to call. Um, if you want to talk about sports. So this story, I think more than it being about college golf is cent- is centered, centered around J.R. Smith. Um, for listeners who are sports fans, they will know the name. J.R. Smith was, has been in the NBA for 16 years, part of multiple championship teams. Uh, he's a two-time NBA champion. He's also known for 
if you're a basketball fan, one of the biggest blunders, I think, in NBA playoff history when he thought that the score was not what the score was and used a timeout or fouled or something. I don't remember the exact scenario. But anyway, he's been in the league for a long time. He decided that he was going to go back to college. Um, and he is enrolled at North Carolina A&T, uh, North Carolina A&T State University. And he's going to pursue a degree in liberal studies. There was a whole story about it where he's like, I, and basically the quote from him was, they always told me I could go back to school whenever I wanted, and this is whenever. So I think from, from that standpoint, first of all, it's really cool to see someone like J.R. Smith who doesn't have a college degree, went straight in the NBA from high school, go back to college. I think we can just acknowledge it's really cool to see someone at 35 decide he's going to go get a degree in something. That, I think that's really interesting. Um, but where the sports story comes back into this, is he is working with the NCAA to f- determine if he is eligible to compete on North Carolina A&T's inter- intercollegiate golf team. Um, and I, I thought that was really interesting to see that he is going to try to play college golf. And Jim, I, I guess I, I'm still kind of piecing through the rules and kind of what this is, but I guess your reaction to... J.R. Smith, a 35-year-old, 16-year NBA veteran, A, going back to college, and B, he's going to try to play college golf. Well, the, the way the rules are designed, in a, they're, they're, they're similar in high school, but not quite. Um, high school has a, an age where you can time out. Um, but basically, when you start college athletics, I believe you have, within the next five years, you can play four years. You have four years of eligibility. So you can sit out a year and come back. You can start, not play your first year, then play four in a row. Um, Those kind of things. So his argument with him being eligible is that I never went to college. I never started anything. So I I don't see any rule. I looked into the rules a little bit. I didn't see any rule that would prevent him. And the, the thing they're considering is if you played a professional sport, how much does it have to be like the one that you want to play? He obviously couldn't go back and start with uh, with college basketball. Can't do that. We know that. It's how it's written about. Can you go back to another sport? I don't know if that's ever been considered before. So, well, and where it's going to get tricky is like so the the the, end, the the biggest ruling question is this idea of an individual cannot participate or is not eligible for intercollegiate athletics if they have competed on a professional team in that sport. Obviously, golf does not have professional teams. Smith has played a lot of golf with uh, with Roy McIlroy and other professional golfers. He, to my knowledge, he's never competed in like a PGA Tour event. Right. So I think he's eligible. Um, for a little bit more context, I did a little bit of digging. He is a five handicap, which, uh, Jim, I know you've been around the golf world a lot, but for someone like me that didn't really understand it, a five handicap means he, on average, is expected to score around five over par on any given course. So he's a very competent golfer. I mean, you've been around it, Jim. A five handicap is good, right? Like, just to make sure I'm not yeah, totally he's, off course. He, he's, an, he's an average, really good golfer. That's another way to say it. Sure. Um, sure. He's shooting about five over par in really good courses. That's good golf. The problem is, is my brother went to a D1. Uh, he, he was a two handicap, I believe, or a three in, in high school. And uh, was, you know, the a national junior champ, that kind of thing. He went to Florida State to play, figuring, you know, two handicap was pretty good. He didn't even make the team. So I got a feeling that letting him try out is going to be the first step. And it's pretty hard to, uh, you you have to earn a spot by beating everyone the week before, usually on a golf team. So if whether he's good enough to compete in a a, a Southern school or not is is another question. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. um, I just wanted to let you guys know um, that if you are a 18 handicapped golfer, Golfer, you are in the five percent of all of the golfers in the world. So a five handicap is extremely good. I'm going to repeat that, and then um, uh, the, the the call is very fuzzy, but I got what he asked. And stay stay on there. Maybe it'll clear up a little bit, caller. Um, okay. If you're an 18 handicapper, I believe this caller said, 
you're in the what percent of all golfers? Top five percent of all the golfers in the world. Now you're clear. If you're an 18 handicap, wow. Yes. So, so the, uh, guys that, the guys that play on the PGA Tour are about top zero 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 point zero zero one percent of all the golfers in the world. So, as I say, he's a mid-level good player. There's going to be a lot of players in, that want to play college <laughs> golf that are five handicaps. Is what I'm saying. It's going to go down to the level golf course and run into any, very many five handicap golfers. That mm. is that's extremely good. They can the type of people that can shoot a scratch golf game, they can win a state tournament, they can win uh, a you know local golf tournament or whatever. This it, is borderline pro golf. I mean, it, it's pretty darn good. I'm just throwing that out there for you because I was a 18 handicap for a long time, and I didn't realize that 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 was the case. Top five percent. <laughs> Great statistic. Thanks for the call. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, Bye-bye. Jim. Jim, it's funny. The, it, this is a perfect comparison. But when I read this story, I I think that for some reason the comparison I drew, and again, it's not perfect, was Michael Jordan going to play baseball. Uh. And and the reason I drew that comparison is the experience that he's going to have combined with the experience that the players are going to have if he makes this team, right? Like, just because you hear Jordan talk about, you know, being on a bus with a bunch of younger baseball players that were trying to make it into the majors and their experience being really a different time having Michael Jordan around them. Obviously, J.R. Smith is not Michael Jordan, but I think he could have a lot of fun, and I think the players could, could get a lot out of just, again, being around a, someone that was in a professional sport for 16 years. Yeah, and, and I think that there's that element of it. That I think this would be, one, it's a publicity dream for North Carolina A&T, <laughs> like to have him on the team. And two, I think it's very, it's, it'd be a great experience for the, for the college as a whole and the players on the team especially. It'll be very, very special. I, I, I even, I read articles, I know, I think there's books even out on those players that have worked their their whole life to make it to double a or triple a or whatever jordan played and all of a sudden on your minor league baseball team michael jordan walks in and, and wants to you know try the sport he was humbled very quickly just like jared smith might be um depending on the players on that team and the players he plays against um but uh the story i, I remember reading was that Michael couldn't handle it. It's very low budget stuff, AAA basketball, baseball or mm-hmm. AA. I, I don't know the, the really the difference exactly. Um, but he had to buy his own bus. He couldn't fit on the school bus. In the little, they, they were riding around in school <laughs> bus seats. And uh, so Michael bought a bus, hired a bus driver, and then gave it to that team when he went back to basketball. It's a great story. Right. Yeah, I, I think, and again, I think J.R. Smith can bring the same thing. Obviously, in college, there's a bunch of rules here. Like, if he's a player, how much money can he use for the program and, and you know, stuff like that. There's obviously those sides of it. But I just thought it was a really cool story. Uh, I hope he makes the team. I think it's, again, it's also just cool in general that he's going back to college, right, if, at a very, very first level. But uh, I love it. I, I, hope he, I hope he gets it worked out. I hope he can be involved with the team. And who knows? Maybe we'll see him uh, on in some NCAA golf tournament down down the road here. 707-895-2448. We're stalled with a topic right now. We'd love to hear from you. Give a call if you want to talk about sports. You want to move to another one? Yeah, sure. We can move move to another topic here. Um, do I get to pick it this time? Yeah, why don't you pick one? Go. Okay. So... This one is is one of the ones that you brought up, and, and as I've always talked about, when you bring up a topic or you bring it to my attention, you get really into it for whatever reason. Like you, when you find stuff that you want to bring to the show, you get really, really into this type of stuff. So, Jim, to, to set the table for this, I want you to define for the listener what the what a strike derby is. Oh, great. I was so excited. And, and then we'll I... kind of dovetail it into the larger conversation. But I want you to start by defining and explaining to the listeners what a strike derby is and what sport it is related to. Okay, so strike derby, it's, it sounds like a an event, right? Um, I think the most common derby in all of sports is known as the home run derby, where who can hit the most? We're going to lob balls at you, and they do it in the... the uh, Major League Baseball All Star um, 
They're going to lob balls in. A nice pitcher is going to throw big, fat strikes, and you're going to try to hit home runs. Whoever hits the most home runs at a certain amount is the Home Run Derby Championship. I'm always amazed when I watch it, the, the, the way they have the cameras. These balls are, seem like they're flying forever. They just keep t- taking off. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm watching Sports Center, and there was a strike derby. And I still didn't know, because I saw that written before I saw it on the screen. I had no idea what a strike derby was. It's the bowling version of home run derby. They set a clock, gave a guy, gave the participant two lanes. They had two minutes to throw as many balls down. They go one, then the next, and they were set up again and back and forth. You just grab a ball. You had two or three balls going. How many strikes you could get in two minutes? So... It's an overall idea that I saw promoted most by the National Basketball Association. When I got thinking, skills contests are really cool. We've got home run derby. We've got now the strike derby. We've got the dunk contest in basketball. We've got the dribbling skills contest in basketball. We've got three-point shooting contests. I believe, I mean, the first one I ever participated in I think it's still a national, if not an international, event called Punt, Pass, and Kick. Um, it was a football skills contest for youth. I never saw it done with college or professional athletes, but it was a skills contest. You would win your city, and then you would win your state, and then you go up against the best punt, pass, and kickers in the country. Strike Derby was a skills contest for bowling, Jer. Oh, sorry. I thought I, I thought you were you had you had that, more to say there. That's, um, that's what I. Got. No, it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I watched the highlights of it, and I think the, the biggest thing, and, and you pointed this out a little bit, that I that I remember, um, in terms of the difference, right, between this and regular bowling, was that bowling is not a sport that's played at a high rate of speed. No. Right, like normal bowling is a very deliberate tempo. It was really interesting to see, in this strike derby them having to go faster right yeah, and and, and having to, to 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 you know keep going and actually to a certain degree get tired right and there, there was an endurance element to it that i thought was really really interesting to see uh 707-895-2448 give us a ring if you want to talk about sports about 10 minutes left here on the sports phone give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about 707-895-2448 so jim where this was all leading was um i pulled up a list of the different events across uh, various sports in terms of like the all-star weekend competitions, right? So not the actual all-star game, but the events that go, that go around, uh, that go around all-star weekend. Yeah. Um, baseball, pretty straightforward. The only ones I could find were uh, the home run derby. And then there is occasional, there used to be a slow pitch softball game, like a celebrity softball game. Yeah. Um, the NBA is probably, I think, the most involved. They have a celebrity all-star game, a rising skills challenge, which is basically for young teams or for younger players. Then there's the slam dunk contest, three-point contest, and the skills challenge. Um, the skills challenge basically being an obstacle course uh, for you know various skill sets. The NHL actually had a, a list that I thought was really interesting, and I went and looked at some of the highlights. Um, they have fastest skater, uh, save streak for goalies, uh, shooting accuracy, fastest shot, um, and then a again like kind of a youth competition, um, so to speak, like for younger players. And then the NFL has precision passing, a head-to-head relay race, a best hands contest, which is designed for receivers to make certain types of catches, um, a precision passing for quarterback, a dodgeball contest, and then there was a a distance game basically for kickers. Um, it, it, at one point that was involved. So do, is there any of those that you think has the best group of events? Like if, if you had to pick one specific set of all-star weekend events to watch, uh, do you have one that stands out the most for you? Jeez, of all the ones you just mentioned, I've only seen one of them. I've, I've, right. I, right. Until, no, I, no I, I take it back. I like watching the home run derby in baseball. Nothing to me compares to the three-point shootout in basketball. I love watching that. Um, the dunk contest... To me, is like a uh, a dance contest. It's hit and miss. The dunk contest is very yeah. hit and miss. I think. Yeah, it shows a yeah. lot of athleticism and 
But I've never seen any of those other ones, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I was just, uh, it just got me thinking how many more are there when I saw the now famous. Maybe we've, um, maybe we've started something here. Maybe we're the first pe people ever to men mention the strike derby to a lot of people. <laughs> Got a call, Jer. Yeah. It, You're on the okay. air? Yep. Sports phone? Hello uh, again, gentlemen. Go ahead, Vince. Uh, hey, Vince. Hey, so, so uh, a list of good stuff, and Jim, I'm with you. The Home Run Derby's got, you know, history, and uh, it, it's just a relaxing yet fun and exciting, you know, event, I think. Three-point shootout for sure. I'm all about it. But nothing compares to hockey. I mean, first off, I've never ice skated because I can't. So to watch people ice skate and hit a puck and do it with the accuracy they do it with or make goals the way they do, that is the most impressive sport to me. Uh, especially, the, my opinion, the best live sport you can go watch uh, for the money is hockey. So the hockey all-star experience is just, I mean, I, I'm not, and just, just to say this, I'm not a fan of all-star games at all. I think the All-Star game itself should not actually exist, and it should just be these little small uh, game-type things uh, or competitions like this. Um, that would be so, exciting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jim, do you, do you enjoy any of the All-Star games? I mean, we like basketball, so it's fun to watch these guys play, but there's no defense. It's kind of a show. Hockey the same way. Baseball, this, it's, 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 I mean, the, the NFL All-Pro game is the biggest joke out there. So. Yeah. The game itself is terrible, but all these little events and these little competitions are, are kind of fun and exciting. It's the only thing I watch. Yeah. I, I think going with what, off of what, Vince, you were saying there, uh, to me, the fastest skater one was my, has been my favorite to watch when I've looked at little nuggets because, it's as you said, it's like not only, like I could do a three-point contest. I could do a dunk contest on a lowered hoop, but I can't in any way, shape, or form participate in a fastest skating competition and like with the agility that they have, because again, I can't skate. Like there's this barrier to entry with the hockey ones that I think make them the most impressive to me. Do they, um, do, do, Jared? Do they do the um, or Vince? Either one? Do they do the uh, fastest skater? Do they go around in a circle? They do like killers. I believe it is set up as pads, aren't they? Like it's a full. You're in full gear. Aren't you? I'm pretty sure they're in full hockey gear doing the skating. Yeah, you're like in full gear, and, and I believe like a it's a, I believe it's a course. I, I believe it's a course you're complete. You're completing similar to like an oh, like really? a, like the way the NBA's uh, skills con like the way that their skill contest works. Oh, how you're going like, through a course. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same puck the whole time. I don't think so. I think it's just skating. Just skating. Uh, okay, so that that one I haven't seen enough. Uh, my my hockey is quick shot where they have like ten pucks lined up and they have to like. Basically, hit you know they have like a block thing in front of the goal, and there's like only little pockets opened, and they have to like put it in these little zones to get it in the net, and it's like rapid fire, kind of like the bowling thing you were talking about earlier, where it's just go go go. That's like super impressive to me. Do uh, either of you want to take a stab at what the uh, what the winning uh, not time, excuse me, what the winning speed was? For hardest shot uh, in the NHL skills contest, the last time it was it was uh, uh it happened. Ooh. Jim, you go first. No, you go, Vince. I'll, I'm going to say 150. Okay, Jim. Uh, Jim, I've got to uh, leave it to you for a minute here. Okay. Uh, so Vince, I think you were being you were uh, ex you were a little too quick. Well, I guess in it, it, like if you really want to get it down to it, you were. Pretty high up there. Uh, it was 106 point, uh, 106 point okay. five miles per hour. Okay, I, I um, wasn't sure. And, I was kind of like, man, a, a hockey puck being slapped like that with that energy. Because I mean, I'm thinking of a, a baseball pitcher throwing a pitch, and 106 can be done. Uh, baseball off a bat, you know, 115. You hear that? Um, so I, I, I was going a little high, but I, I thought I'd be closer than that. Um, well, but still, I, I, I mean. Think I think yeah. the thing, Vince, that, I, that was the most interesting about that is the, the rough average for NHL slap shots is 100 miles per hour. So they're already hitting it pretty darn fast. And it's only six, like when you're doing like, okay, how hard can we actually get it going? It's only about six miles an hour faster than like the average NFL or NHL slap shot. So I, I think mean, that's, you, that is something I find balance, really interesting is that it's not that much faster. And try to, yeah. How do you balance on skates and try to 
avoid being hit by a 100-mile-an-hour puck. Jiminy Christmas. Again, that's Vince. That's where I go. Like I can't even <laughs> comprehend uh, some of this. Uh, it's 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 crazy. Um, so Vince, here's another one, and uh, and Vince, you can hang out for a little while here. Uh, do you? There was a, a an event in the NBA Skills Contest that they got rid of, and it was personally one of my favorites. Do you remember when the NBA did? It was the team shooting contest where they took. A member of the NBA team, a member of the WNBA city team, and then also a legend from that team. And they had to like complete different tasks, like different shooting. Like you had to make a layup. Everybody had to make a layup. Everyone had to make a three. Everyone had to make a free throw. And then one person had to hit one from half court. And it was it whatever team did it the fastest? Yeah, totally. And that was uh, I thought again, these competitions are the best part of the All Star thing. That was a good one. That that incorporated a. It was like a, a great promotion for the WNBA. That yeah, brought yeah. A, a legend back that, you know, always creates the nostalgia for people to watch it. And, I mean, that's, yeah, that was a great event. I, I, was, I was bummed they got rid of that. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun one. <laughs> I just remember always that the half-court shot, it really was like, oh, you could breeze through the first part of that event, and then the half-court shot was just, your time could just fall apart. You either hit, it oh. was one of those things like you either hit the first one, or you were up there for like 10 minutes trying to make the half-court shot. It was, That's it was so much That's almost always fun. how it is, you know? You gotta, you gotta yeah. hit the first one, or you're you're done. I miss, <laughs> half-court shot I miss a little bit. the more you take them. <laughs> I missed a little bit of that conversation um, with a personal emergency, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Vince! Do you remember? I, I just heard half court shots, and I don't know if you guys brought it up or not. But I was so into half court shots. I don't know, Jerry, if we did this before. This this was after me. After Jerry's yep. time, I think it started with Vince with the uh, the Justin Garcia Nick Kneber group. We started putting in half court shots as part of our regular practice with what was called it, the it perfection was, drill. It, yep, exactly. It was the end of perfection, and we, they used to get so fired up on the days when they would make five or six. It was like the rest of the practice could have been anything, and they were they were happy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and, and there were actually it was it was a skill. Some got some were better at it than others for sure. You know, there's, oh, big there's, time. there's people that could fake their jump shot, and there's other other players that had to shoot it like a baseball. You know, it, yeah. it was. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the best ever was was maybe Cole Duncan with that smooth. Scooping shot, he, I think him or Scott maybe were like the ones that made it the most. I feel like I, I, I don't remember, but uh, there were there was a couple guys that almost every perfection made one. You, you think the Duncans yeah. were Duncans were pretty good at it, huh? Well, I, I just remember them having that soft, nice looping approach to it, not trying to like throw it at the at the basket. They 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 they, they didn't shoot it, but they kind of did in a way. It was like a fluent motion if anything they were they were just relaxed with it i don't know if that makes sense or not all right but, we're uh, uh really really quick i want to cover an event that happened last night in baseball i know you guys aren't big baseball fans but maybe you've seen field of dreams the the, the great yes. kevin costner uh yep. baseball yes. movie and last night the they hosted a game in iowa at the field of dreams site they built a baseball field in the, you know, the, the corn, and uh, the Yankees and White Sox played an epic game, most watched game in 16 years in baseball, wow. and it yeah. was just a neat, it was like a little league game with Major League Baseball players, the way it felt, the way it looked, it was huh. really neat, if you guys didn't get a chance to just watch some of the highlights from it, uh, from the beginning of everybody walking out of the corn, five seconds, the field, five seconds, um, I... Well, before, thanks, Vince. Uh, I just want to. No, Jim, there's no before. We're done. No, 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 Jim. There's no, there's nothing. No, no, no. We're done. All right. We're wrapping it up. I'm calling time here on the sports phone. Uh, Like to thank Patty uh, for joining us earlier, uh, Dr. Patty on the sports phone. We'll be back next week. I'm going to be in the station next week. Looking forward to it. Jim, thanks for another good show here on the sports phone. Thank you, everyone that called. You make our day on Friday nights. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukayan 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.